0: The lights up. Go ahead and bring the lights up there. This is live, people. This is live. We do this, we do this live on, in pr- front of people. Awesome. All right. <laughs> yeah, there's my box. And there's my cross. Uh, so, yeah, that scared me. I forgot that I'm bringing a refrigerator box on stage this morning. So, I'm going to pray because clearly something needs to be prayed over today. All right. I don't know what somebody did, but stop it so that everything will work, okay? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are alive, and you are our hope, and you are our rock, and you are our peace, and God, I pray that right now, you would would speak to us, God. You would speak in a clear way to teenagers, and to adults, and to people who don't even believe in you, and to people that are running from you. And to people that have never been closer to you. God, there's so many people in this room, and, and our lives are going in all kinds of different directions, and you can meet us today, no matter where we are. So, God, do that for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before I jump in, I want to mention to you uh, two things. Easter is coming, okay? Easter is coming, and Easter, if you're new to church, Easter is like the Super Bowl in church world. It's a really big deal. It's a really big day. People that never think about church think about church two times a year, Easter and what's the other one? Christmas. And so a lot of people in a couple of weeks are going to think about church, and they don't normally think about church. So here's what you need to know about Easter. First thing you need to know is that the biggest event we do outside of church happens on Saturday, March 28th, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Perry County Park, that's the world's largest Easter egg hunt. A couple of things about that. We need a lot of people to help make that happen. Every year we have, uh, I think last year we had over maybe 1,000 people there. It's, just a, it's a big event. It's a big event. And uh, we've got uh, about 8,000 eggs. We need more eggs. We need at least 10,000 eggs to make this event go down well. And so we need a lot of eggs. So buy plastic eggs, put candy in them. You can bring them to church, drop them off. A lot of people did that this morning. But we need volunteers to make it happen. Now, here's what you need to know. If you want to help make that event happen, if you want to volunteer at the world's largest Easter egg hunt, please stick around today after church for about 5 to 10 minutes. Now, here's what some of you are thinking. Brother, UK plays at 1. You are on the clock. We know. We know UK plays at 1, and I am well aware. I have a clock right here telling me what time it is. Okay? So we know what time it is and when UK plays. All right? And so, so but you're going to be out of there in plenty of time. But if you want to help with the Easter egg hunt, please stick around church right here in this room for something very quick. On Easter Sunday, April 5th, we'll have two services at 9, 15, and 11. Pick whichever one you, the people that you're going to bring will come to. Okay? So which one should I go to? The people that you're going to invite? Whichever one they can come to, go to that with them. 9:15 and 11 right here on Easter Sunday, April 5th. All right, so, okay, so there we go. When you get that Easter business out of the way, let's jump in really, really, really fast. Um, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you, um, have you ever done anything scary? Like, have you ever done anything that scared you to death? You almost didn't do it. It scared you, but on the other side of it, you were glad you did it. You ever done anything like that? Have you ever done something, and, and man, you almost backed out? Like you, like, you thought about all of the ramifications, what might happen, what they might say, that this might not go well. Nobody might show up. And it just scared you to death, and you just had maybe this nauseous feeling in your stomach, but you knew you had to do it. And you just did it anyway, even though you were afraid. And on the other side of that, you were glad that you did it. it never happened to you? A couple weeks ago, I asked that question on uh, social media, and I got tons of responses from people on Facebook about things that that people did that they were afraid, they were scared to do it, but when they did it, they were glad that they did it. So, a lot of people told me they were scared to take the position that they were offered at work. They didn't think that they were qualified for that position, they didn't think that they would really do a good job at that position. They thought that if they took that job, they would fail, and turns out they were perfectly gifted for that job. And so, yeah, they were scared, but they were glad. That they did it. A lot of people were scared to ask that person out on a date. Like, like, you thought that girl was way out of your league. There's no way she said yes, and you asked anyway. And she said yes, or asked your spouse to marry you. But you didn't know how that was going to go. You were scared, you were nervous, and you did it. Or maybe I had one person tell me that the scariest thing they ever did and they were glad they did it is one time they told their wife they were right. Right? Don't raise your hand if that was you because you, you know, right? ever done something and you were scared to do it then after you did it you were glad that you did it i think we all have we've all been there i don't know i don't care how young or old you are we've all been in that situation now i want you to imagine something with me imagine that you didn't do it imagine that you didn't take that job imagine you you were so scared to ask that girl out there's no way a girl like that would ever go out with you and you didn't ask her out because you were afraid Imagine you didn't get on that airplane. Yeah, it was the trip that totally changed your life, but you were scared to fly. You swore you would never get on an airplane before that trip. Imagine you didn't get on that airplane. Imagine you didn't do it. Imagine that you lived your entire life in this box right there. Imagine you lived your entire life in that box. Box because here's what's happening in this many people in in a room this size. There are some people in this room right now, you're living in a box like that. Now, maybe not this actual refrigerator box, you're not actually living in this box, but here's what a lot of people do a lot of people live in a proverbial box. You, You can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't feel it, but a lot of people have set up their lives inside of a box. There, there's, there's actually a better phrase for it than, than a box. And that phrase is comfort zone. You ever heard of that? You ever heard of the phrase comfort zone? Uh, comfort zone, if you're new to that idea, if you're new to the phrase comfort zone, a comfort zone is a box of limitation. Inside of the comfort zone, everything is comfortable, hence the name, it's safe in your comfort zone. Things are predictable in your comfort zone, you know how things are going to go right here. And a lot of people are living in a box like that. But here's what happens for too many people. Too many people are living in a box like this where everything is safe, everything is predictable, you know exactly how life is going to work inside of this box, and then your expiration date comes. And if you're new to this series, what we've been talking about for the past two weeks is that everybody has an expiration date, a day when you and I will die. And and what we're doing in this series, we're discovering how to stop existing and to start living. And what we've said for the past two weeks is that you and I, we will stop existing, we'll start living when we begin to follow Jesus. And so last week we talked about what it means to follow Jesus, but here's what happens a lot of times. A lot of times people will live their entire life safe, never take a risk, never do anything that scares them, never do anything that God might be calling them that feels bigger than them, that stretches them. They live their whole life in this box, and then their expiration date comes. And then on the other side of that expiration date, we stand in front of God. We've talked about that, how we're all going to do that. And what happens when we stand in front of God and we look at Him eye to eye, instantly we're going to discover, we're going to look back on our lives and realize that God never called us to live in the box. That God was never calling any of us to stay in our comfort zone. That it was never God's will for us to live a life that was only safe, that was always predictable. To live a life where we avoided risk. God was never calling us to stay in the box. And see, the reason that I know that's true about you, and I might not even know you, but the reason that I know that that's true about you, that God isn't leading anyone in this room to stay in the box, is because when you look at the Bible, and I challenge you to do this, take the Bible, look in the Bible, and find anybody in the Bible that God ever told to play it safe. Find somebody in the Bible that God told them to never take a risk, to stay inside of their comfort zone. To stay inside of that box, here's what's going to happen. When you go to the Bible and try to find something like that, you're going to come up empty-handed. Because on page after page of the Scriptures is God calling men and women. Is this thing blowing up again? Do I need to switch mics? Let me know if I need to switch mics. Here comes Tim Engle. And if you've been to Summit before, you know when he comes on stage, I get touched in places. I should never get touched by another man, period, and in front of people, definitely. Okay, all right, he's going he's to make me a mic. So what that means is he is MacGyver, and he's going to MacGyver something backstage, all right, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a microphone made out of gum, duct tape, and a, a bobby pin. It's going to be amazing. But, so anyway, so God never is calling anyone to play it safe in the Bible. In, in fact, when you look at the Bible, on every single page of the Scriptures, God calls men and women to step outside of their box. Let me ask you a question today. What's your box? I know we got some audio distractions and stuff, but if you could lean in for a second. I just think that today could be a big deal for somebody today. What is your box? What is the thing in your life? Look at me. Don't look at the hot MacGyver. Don't look at him. Don't look at him. He's too distracting. Hey, what's the thing in your life that you're telling God you'd never do? Maybe it's forgive that person. Somebody in this room, you're telling God you'd never get baptized. And you keep spiritualizing it. Oh, God, I'll do it one day when I'm ready. God, I'm praying for it. I'm waiting for a piece about it. God, I'm not comfortable getting up on stage. I don't know how I'm going to look in front of all of those people. Maybe it's getting baptized. Hey, you know what? Somebody in here, you're telling God, you know what, God? I will never give. I can never trust you with my finances. Maybe it's serving, and you're telling God over and over, God, I'm not ready. What if I mess up? God, I'm just not ready to serve. God, I'll never tell that person about Jesus. God, I'll never invite that person to church. I don't know what they'll say. I don't know what they might do. God, I will never do that. What is your box? Hey, I talk to a lot of people. Their box is they'll never pray out loud in front of other people. All the time. I'm so afraid of what people will think. I'm so afraid people might laugh. Hey, let me ask you a question. What is the thing in your life right now? I'm talking to you talking to you, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to all of us, I'm talking to me. What's the thing in your life that you're telling God right now, God, I will never do that? That's your box. Listen to me, every single person that God ever used, every person that God ever used, the determining factor wasn't that they were perfect, it wasn't even that they were prepared, I'm going to talk about that in a second, but it wasn't that they were perfect, it wasn't that they were prepared, the determining factor for every person that God has ever used is they said yes to God. That's it. Every person that God's ever used, they simply said yes. God called them to step out of the box and they were afraid. There were more questions than there were answers, but they said yes. In fact, I want to show you one today. I want to give you an example of somebody that wasn't perfect That didn't have all the questions answered, but simply said yes. And I want you to see it in a guy named Moses. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bible to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3 is where we're gonna be at here. We're actually gonna be in Exodus 3 and 4. We're gonna go some different places here today, but primarily in Exodus chapter 3. Now, if you're new to the church, new to church, new to the Bible, or whatever, Exodus chapters 3 and 4 is when we get the story of how God called Moses to go into Egypt and lead Israel out of slavery. So in Exodus 3 and 4 is where we get that story. You've you've probably heard something of that story, right? God shows up in a burning bush and freaks Moses out. It's a big deal. One of the biggest stories in the Bible, one of the most well-known stories in the Bible, Exodus chapter 3. Let's start with Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Look at this. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. It says this, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Watch verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning. Yet it was not consumed. And Moses, and Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight while the bush Is not burned. Now let's stop right there. So, what's just happened is God has come to Moses. Moses is a shepherd. He's out doing his work. He's shepherding the sheep. God comes to Moses and says to Moses, Moses, my people Israel are slaves in Egypt. I'm going to use you to go and set them free. Let's skip down to verse 9. Look at Exodus chapter 3, verse 9. Exodus 3, 9. It says this. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? God says to Moses, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. See, now stop right there. Now, if you're new to the church, if you're new to the Bible, I love the Bible for a lot of reasons, but one reason is because the Bible is never afraid to show how messed up the people in it are. Because we have this idea, right, that Moses and guys that God really used in a big way that, is that my mic? This will be, oh, this will be, here we go. So I'm just going to wait. We're going to acknowledge this is an awkward moment. Look at your neighbor and say, this is live, Right? check, check, check. Welcome to Summit. If it's it's your first time, I hope you come back next Sunday. Really do. Really do. (laughs) Maybe a little longer. Check. Hey, UK's playing today. Did you know? Is it I hear they're. D- Feel like I need to pray, so I'm going to pray. I'm not really going to pray. I'm going to pray for me. And so, if you if you get something out of this prayer, then praise the Lord. I'm going to pray, Jesus. We are heavily distracted, and that was really weird. And so, God, I pray that you would help us right now. Help us to lean in, uh, God, because I do think that this is a big deal what we're talking about today. And so, God, I pray that you would help uh, me to get over the awkwardness of what just occurred. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, welcome to church. There we go. There we go. And that's what the kids call a pity clap. Let's move on. And so God calls Moses to shepherd his people, to lead people out of Egypt. And what happens when God comes to Moses and he says, Moses, I want to use you to go into Egypt and to lead Israel out of slavery. What happens all of a sudden comes out the very thing that can keep us living in the box and stop us from following Jesus our entire lives. And that's something called fear. Fear. See, what we're going to do today in this series, we're going to talk about what keeps us in the box. And then next week, we're going to come back to this topic, and we're going to talk about how to get out of the box. And the number one thing that keeps people in the box is fear. So Moses says to God, he says, God, who am I? Did you hear Moses say that? God, who am I that I would lead Israel out of slavery? And then Moses begins to give one excuse after another for why Moses can't follow God. And it all boils down to Moses is afraid. Listen to me. Every single thing that God ever calls you to will freak you out. Every single thing that God ever calls you to, it will stretch you. It will be bigger than you. Most of the time what God calls you to, you don't have the resources to do it in that moment. That's why the number one thing that keeps people from following Jesus is fear. Fear can keep you your entire life inside of the box, inside of your comfort zone. But what I love is that every single time God Moses tells God rather that he is afraid, God responds back to Moses. I love that when Moses gives an excuse, God doesn't back off. It said, I love what God does. God says back to Moses in verse, in verse 12, he says, Moses, I will be with you and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. See, watch that. Moses is afraid and the, and the answer to Moses' fear is God's presence with Moses. Let me say that again. Moses was afraid and the answer to Moses' fear was God's presence with Moses. So well Mark, I wish that God was with me the way that He was with Moses. God's just not with me like that. And I say, you're right, God's not. God is not with you the way that He was with Moses at all. Because God was with Moses, God is in you, if you're a Christian. Did you hear that? God was with Moses, but God is in you today if you're a child of God. The Holy Spirit is in you today. And listen, that's why God doesn't come to Moses because Moses was a level 5 leader. God doesn't come to Moses because Moses was a great communicator. No, Moses is going to tell God, God, listen, I've got a stuttering problem, and he really did. He could barely put three sentences together. God doesn't come to Moses because Moses was prepared. Some of you are saying, listen, I know God wants me to do this, but I'm not ready. I don't know the Bible enough. I'm not prepared yet. I'm not equipped yet. Listen, write this down. You might want to tweet it. God never calls the equipped. He equips the called. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? You need to know that. God does not call the equipped. If you wait till you're prepared by that time, God has moved on to someone else. Oh, I would tell my friends about Jesus, but I don't know enough about the Bible. Open your mouth and the Spirit of God who is in you will give you the words to say. Listen, don't wait until you're prepared. Say yes to God and watch God prepare you. So many times God calls us to something. I see this happen in churches all the time. God calls the church to take a a step. They don't have the financial resources to take that step. They wait for those financial resources to come and they never come. Do you know why? Because we want God to give us the resources before we take the step. We want God to take the fear away before we take the step. It never works that way. We take the step, and then God provides. We take the step, and in the face of fear, God shows up. So the first thing and the biggest thing that keeps people in the box is what almost keeps Moses in the box, fear. Is God calling you to something, and you're afraid to take that step? What would happen if you said yes to God in the face of your fear? But not only does fear keep people in the box, here's another thing that keeps people in the box is safety. Safety keeps people in the box. I don't know if you've noticed this about our culture that we live in, but we live in a culture that is obsessed with safety, don't we? That just is obsessed with safety, that worships safety. I've known people that will never leave their house because they're afraid of what they're going to catch, right? I know people that will barely drive their car because they're afraid they're going to get in a wreck. I know people who have sworn off airplanes they ain't never been on one. Odds are way more better that you're going to get in a car wreck than a plane crash. I know people who were convinced they were healthy, went to the doctor, found out they were not. Hey, when snowpocalypse came a couple of weeks ago, did you make sure that your kids were so bundled up they could barely put their arms down and move? Right? Like the, like the little boy in the Christmas story, Mom, I can't move my arms. Right? Your kids go outside in the snow. Oh, they're, so, they're safe. You know, they're going to get hypothermia in 10 minutes, but they're safe. Right? Nothing can hurt them. We're we're obsessed with safety. Hey, you know what was safe for Moses? Being a shepherd. Verse 1, chapter 3, that's where we find Moses. We find Moses in the box. Sheep are safe. They are predictable. Moses knew how his life was going to go. And it's the obsession with safety that we have. It's the obsession to stay away from risk, to stay away from fear, to stay away from anything that's unpredictable. That can cause us to miss what God would want to do in our lives. Think about what we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks in this series. Jesus says, follow me. Where was he going? Does anybody know where Jesus was going? The cross. Jesus was going right here. Jesus was going to the cross. Do you know what the cross is? It is not safe. The cross is a lot of things. It is not safe. And Jesus says, follow me. He says, take up your own cross and follow me. Listen to me, Summit, I want to make you a promise. I promise you that following Jesus is not safe. I promise you it's not. Following Jesus will not lead to a safe life, but it will lead to the best life, amen? We talked about that last week, that following Jesus leads to no regrets. Following Jesus will not lead to a safe life, but it will lead to the best life. See, you know what keeps people in the box is fear, safety, and here's this one, last one, sin. Sin. Sin keeps people in the box. So God and Moses have this exchange in chapters 3 and 4. Moses, go, and Moses says no. Moses, go, and Moses says no. And then finally, Moses lays his cards on the table in chapter 4, verse 13. Moses just simply says this, but he said, Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. God, I don't want to do this. Why don't you send somebody else? Why not you call somebody else. And do you know what? God could have done that. God could have done that. God could have called somebody else. God's plan did not hinge on Moses, okay? Yeah, Moses was God's chosen instrument, but God could have just passed Moses by and done it through somebody else. But thankfully, God doesn't relent and he doesn't give up. He keeps pursuing Moses. But listen to me, if Moses would have said no when God says go, that is a sin, And every time God calls us to go and we say no, that is a sin. It's called disobedience. And listen, that ain't a cool word. It's not a sexy word. It's not a fun word. Disobedience is not a popular word. It's not trending right now on Twitter. But you know what? Disobedience is a sin. See, here's our problem with sin. We think that sin is only bad things that we do. And that's true. Sin is bad things that we do. But did you know that sin is also not doing what you should be doing? Did you know that? Yes, sin is when you do bad things. But sin is also when you know the good thing that you ought to do and you don't do it. Yes, sin is when we do the bad things, but it's also just as bad when we know the good and we don't do it. And so Moses is afraid, he's reluctant, he's got more questions than he does answers, but eventually Moses says yes to God. And because Moses said yes to God, Moses sees God move through his life in ways that thousands of years later we are still talking about today. And because Moses, one man, said yes to God, an entire nation of men and women and children, they are led out of slavery, out of one imperfect, scared man's yes. And then thousands of years later, after Moses, there's going to be another man who would say yes to God. And his name was Jesus Christ And the Bible says that Jesus was a second Moses. The Bible actually calls Jesus someone who was better than Moses. And in John chapter 17, Jesus is praying the night before he's taken to the cross. And Jesus is scared. He's afraid, and he prays to God. He says, God, if there is another way, make it happen. And he knows there's no other way, and Jesus says yes to God. And Jesus says yes to God, looks like that right there. And because Jesus said yes to God, you and I can be forgiven. Because Jesus said yes to God, you and I can have a relationship with God, and we can be set free. And because Jesus said yes to God, it doesn't matter who you are or where you've been or what you've done there is forgiveness from God for you today you are loved by God today you can be made new all things can change in your life because Jesus said yes what would happen if you said yes summit what would happen teenagers if you said yes to God what would happen moms and dads and grandparents if you said yes to God What would happen if we as a church, if every single time God called our church to anything, we said yes? Can I just say, can I just be honest? Listen, the kind of church I want to be a part of, I want to be a part of a church that always says yes to God. Amen? I want to be a part of a church that is always saying yes to God. What would happen to your schools if you said yes to God? What would happen to your families? What would happen to this community if we as a people constantly said, if we said today yes to the box that God was calling us to get out of? What is your box? Somebody here, your box is the crowd. It's what people think about you. And you live and die based on the opinion of a certain group of people. And that's your box. And today, God is calling you to step out of that box so that his opinion of you is the final decisive opinion over your life. It's time to step out of that box. Some of you, you, the box that God is calling you to step out of, you have been pushing God off and spiritualizing it. But you have never been baptized. And God's calling you to take that step. And what if I mess up? What if I say this? What if I mess up? Listen, you're going to mess up. There isn't a perfect person in the room, but if you wait till you're prepared, you will always find yourself waiting. God is calling you to sign up to be baptized, or maybe, maybe, maybe the box that God's calling you to step out of is the box of fear because you know that God's been laying it on your heart. You need to serve. You need to get in the game here. Just stop coming coming to church. You need to start being the church and get in the game and begin to serve. And you're saying to yourself, oh, man, you know what? This church doesn't need me. This church couldn't use me. Can I just be honest? This church does need you. We do need you. Did you know last week in elementary and Summit Kids Alone we had close to 50 kids? 50 kids can take over this city. Amen? My gosh. 50 kids? We think there's still adults we haven't found yet from last Sunday. You might want to teach a lesson. You might want to help pass out a snack. You might want to help get a craft together. You might want to be a body in the room. I'm talking to men and to women. Men, don't check out and assume I'm talking to the ladies. I'm talking to you men. Those kids need godly men in their lives. Oh, you can clap. I'd clap like I would. I would clap. I would clap. If you don't tweet out the highlights of this sermon, I will as soon as I'm done. All right? But step out of the box. Maybe the box that he's calling you to step out of, you need to invite that person to church on Easter. You need to finally call somebody and have that conversation. Maybe the box that he's calling you to step out of, you need to try to bring that relationship back together. What is your box? When you walked in today, we gave you an index card. Would you take out that index card right now if you got it? Would you take out that index card? If you didn't get one go ahead. if you didn't get one, grab your connection card or something like that? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that index card or your connection card or whatever you're using. And I don't want you to put your name on it. I want it to be, I want it to be private. But I want you on that card, I want you to write down what your box is. I want you to write down the, the area in your, that thing. God, I could never do this. Maybe it's praying out loud. Maybe it's taking the next step. Maybe the box that God's calling you to get out of, you've always been burned in church and God maybe is using this church in your life and you're afraid to kind of get plugged in to this church because of the repeated pattern. You know what? You just need to step out of the box of fear and get connected. What is the box that God is calling you to step out of? And here in a second, I'm gonna pray. There are crosses all over this auditorium. And the reason we put crosses all over this auditorium is because Jesus said yes to God so that right now he could give you the strength to say yes, to step out of the box and as soon as I'm done praying I'm gonna pray right now as soon as I'm done praying I want you to take that card and I want you to lay it at the foot of one of these crosses you can pick one that's closest to you far away we tried to put them all over this auditorium so nobody would have the excuse to say that's too far away and you know what you could stay in your seat and you ain't got to do nothing today And I know it's been crazy. We've had all kinds of technical problems and we never have issues like this. But listen, here's what I believe. I believe this is a moment where you can say, where you and God can come together and say, God, this has been holding me back for too long. This fear, this sin, this attitude, this is my box. And I am saying yes to stepping out today. So I'm challenging every person in this room. Don't sit in your chair. As soon as I say amen, we're gonna stand up. I'm challenging every person in this room, youngest to the oldest, make a move to a cross and lay that box at the feet of the cross and say, Jesus, I am saying yes to you today. Can we stand for closing prayer? Let's stand. Jesus, right now, we pray in, the, in your strong name and we thank you that you said yes for us. Jesus, you are our Yes. The Bible says that, that every promise of God is yes and amen in you. And because you said yes and your spirit lives in us if we we're your children, we already have right now the resources to say yes to the box you're calling us to step out of. Whatever it is you are calling us to do, it is bigger than us, it will stretch us, it might require more resources than we have. We are afraid But God, I pray that we would say yes to you today as a church. And I pray that in just a moment, these aisles would be flooded with people who are making a move to a cross to symbolically say, Jesus, today I say yes. And it doesn't end here because tomorrow we'll need to say yes and the day after that, but it can start today. Something big with spiritual momentum can start in our lives right now. As we step out, say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Move right now. If you, if you wrote a box on a card, if God's laid something on your heart, you've got a step that God is calling you to take. Move right now. Move right now. I know it's getting crowded and congested and that's what I want. Because I believe that God's got a box for me to step out of and you too. Today we are taking a symbolic step. There are teenagers that are taking steps. Teenagers are going to these crosses and saying, Jesus, yes. Parents are saying yes. And bosses are saying yes. And there are moms that are saying yes. There are dads and there are grandparents. There are people here who are saying yes. Or somebody, you're at a place you don't know what's going on in your life and God is, you're saying yes to God today. As soon as you drop that card, would you make your way back to your seat for just a moment? As soon as you drop that card, make your way back to your seat. Let's keep movement only to these crosses and make your way back to your seat if you can. Yes to God. People are still coming. I want to pray for us right now. I want to pray, Jesus. Let's pray for every person here. God, it is more than a sheet of paper or an index card dropped at a at a wooden cross. We're saying yes to you. We're saying yes to you. In every area, we say yes. No one is looking around. If you are here today and you would say, Mark, God's laying on my heart a box I need to get out of, would you pray that I would say yes to God? Raise your hand right now. If that's you, say, God's calling me to step step out of a box. I want to say yes to him. Raise your hand. Hands are going up all over. Raise your hand. Hands are going up all over. Raise your hand. Hands are going up. Hands are going up. I got a step I got to take. There's a box that's holding me back. I want to say yes to God. Hands are going up all over. God, give these people strength. Give these men and women and teenagers strength to step out of that box and say yes. Somebody in here, maybe you need to say your first yes to God. You say your first yes to God and ask Jesus to come into your life and save you and be the Lord and Savior of your life. And today, today, if you want to say yes to God for the very first time and start a relationship with Him, I'm going to pray a prayer and I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Right there where you stand, say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Jesus, for the first time, I say yes to you today. My life is yours. Help me to live for you from this moment forward. Amen. No one is looking around. No no head is up. No eyes are open. No one is looking around. If you just said yes to God for the very first time and just surrendered your life to Jesus, I would love to pray for you and celebrate with you. And I'm going to count to three. As soon as I say three, if if today you said yes to God for the first time, you started a relationship with him, raise your hand high up in the air so that I can pray for you. One, two, three, raise your hand right now. Because you're in right now, today you're saying yes to God for the very first time. And listen, if that's you, I want you to look at me. If that's you, I want you to look at me. Listen, don't leave until you tell somebody what you did today. Don't leave until you tell somebody what you did. In fact, the best way, the connection card we gave you, check the box on the back, says I gave my life to Christ. Give it to somebody on your way out this morning. We've also got a free Bible and a book for you that we put together just for you. But if today you're saying yes to God for the first time, don't leave until you tell somebody. Jesus, we say yes to you. We say yes to you this week. I pray that you would call us to do things that are hard this week that are uncomfortable this week I pray that we would we would invite that person to church I pray that relationships would be reconciled God for the person who put so much energy into trying to fix that relationship that may whatever it is and it broke anyway it fell apart anyway. I pray that that person would say yes to continuing to follow you and that discouragement would not overwhelm them. Jesus in Christ, they are more than a conqueror. Father, I pray that they would say yes. I pray that we as a church would say yes to you. God, as we end this service and the church leaves the building, I pray that we would be a people of yes. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Church, let's thank God for today. Let's thank God for today and what he's spoken to us. And listen, listen, we want to invite you back next Sunday. It's going to be a strong Sunday. I'm excited about it. But if you want to help out with the Easter egg hunt, give us about three or four minutes right here in this auditorium. Just stay where you're at. We'll jump in. Guys, thank you. You're dismissed. Thanks, guys.